Alright boys, welcome back. We are here post-draft, finally all done with the first Christmas of the year here. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Glad to be done with uh, both those drafts. I mean, they were really fun, but now you kind of get into the uh, the relaxing part of the offseason now where you can just kind of sit back and just be excited for things to start up. I will say I do uh, keep compulsively checking the uh, the email draft tab on MFL to see uh, who's on the clock, and then I'll realize that uh, we finished the draft last week, and so I just I don't know what to do with myself anymore, to be honest. I was doing that for a day or two afterwards, but now I just find myself checking the website every day and just looking at all the rosters for no good reason whatsoever, so I guess you could say that we're both just ready to get going here. So yeah, this episode here is the first of a three-part series that we're going to be doing for you guys here, where we're basically uh, going over interviews that we had for each and every one of you. We did a five to ten minute interview of each player, and we asked a set of about five questions to each of you guys. So we're going to be asking you how your team ended up, uh, did your strategy go as well as you would hope, did you get sniped at all, favorite picks, and uh, also you're going to learn a little bit of opinion that people have on your rosters, and we asked everybody who their favorite team was. So some of you will be a little bit happier than others, obviously. But yeah, these uh, three episodes per each division going over each team. And uh, after these are done, we're going to do a power ranking episode where we're going to go really in depth with each team and give projections, long-term projections for how we think each team is going to do. So first off, we're starting off with the West division here. So that would be myself, the Phoenix Wildfire, Aaron, the San Diego Paladins, Trent, Honolulu High Tide, and Jason, the Scar Spiders. Obviously, you guys know. And we're just going to go team by team here and play the interviews and then give a little bit of insight afterwards. All right, first, we're going to start off here with the commissioner. And we got Aaron, the San Diego Paladins here, is the subject of your first interview. All right, now we got one of our co-hosts here. Aaron is the subject of this interview, and join with me to interview Aaron is friend of the pod, Joseph, Mr. Wolf, the Boston Clams. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing good. It feels a little weird to be on this side of the uh, the virtual table. You know, usually I'm the one asking the questions. All right, so let's get this thing going. What was your strategy going into the draft? Ooh, my strategy... Uh, now, I know that a couple people have said that they didn't really spend too much time coming up with a game plan. Uh, I did the exact opposite. I probably spent way too much time coming up with a game plan. My strategy was to get as many good young receivers as possible, uh, punt the running back position, uh, build a team that was going to compete in the future, and aim for a title in 2020 or 2021. And on terms of the defensive side, I'm going to target IDP very heavily, but if value fell, I was not going to be afraid to uh, jump on before uh, the value passed me by. That sounds like a uh, solid strategy going into it. So in your opinion, how well did you execute on that strategy? Did you go better or worse? Like you said, I know you put a lot of, a lot of time into it, so how do you uh, judge the fruits of your labor? Uh, I'll be honest, I think it went significantly better than I was expecting. Uh, just in terms of the wide receivers, uh, before the draft, when I made that trade with Dan, with uh, my second round pick, when I traded back into his third round pick, I pretty much conceded getting Keenan Allen because he's my number six receiver overall. And so I was kind of just giving up on the fact of getting him. Somehow he fell to me in the third round. Uh, Cooper Cup for me was uh, about a round value for me because I got him in the middle of the, or the end of the fourth, and he was at the beginning of the third for me. Uh, Chris Godwin was a great value receiver. Um, my plan with the receivers was the exact same. I just got better receivers in each spot than I thought I was going to get. And in terms of the running backs, I really wasn't planning on getting 
the kind of young guys that I did, I was planning on getting one stud running back. That's like a young guy, but then I was going to supplant him or surround him on my roster with a bunch of older guys who have secure backfields like Mark Ingram, maybe James White, you know, guys like that that aren't very appealing, but would get enough points. But I feel like the guys that I got put me in a lot better spot for the future because their value can go up. Those older guys, their values can only go down. So overall, in terms of those positions, I feel like it went way better for me than I was expecting. So did you end up getting sniped on anybody at all? Uh, Yes, uh, several times, actually. Uh, I don't know which one was worse. Uh, Well, we can start with probably the most tragic. I went to this draft fully expecting Marlon Mack to be my number one running back, and I was all prepared to take him with with the four... Was the four oh eight, but I uh, I traded that pick back. With I traded back behind Dylan with Cole, so Cole could take Tyree Kill, and then with the pick right before me, Dylan took Marlon Mack, which really sent me for a tailspin. Uh, so that was the first time I was sniped in this draft, and then the other big one that I can think of was it was the ninth round going into the tenth, and that's when all the IDP players were going off like crazy. And I didn't want to miss out, so I traded with Ryan, had like the 9-11 and the 10-02. And he offered me a trade for the 10-02, and then proceeded to take the guy that I wanted with the 9-11, Tremaine Edmonds. And as soon as I accepted the deal, he said, I hope I didn't take the guy you wanted. And I refreshed the page, and I looked and I saw that he took the guy I wanted, and I just kind of sighed at my computer. But besides that, I didn't really get sniped too hard. I mean, in the rookie draft, I did want Arcega Whiteside, but I gave up that opportunity when I traded my second round pick. Um, so yeah, overall, those are probably the two big instances where I was hardcore sniped. So what was your favorite pick on your roster outside of your first few rounds? Mm, my favorite pick... This is tough because there's a lot of guys that I like that I got in this draft. Um, if I have to pick... Outside of the top couple of rounds, this might be in poor taste, but I am going to say Curtis Samuel, uh, receiver for the Panthers. Uh, he's a guy that I was super high on throughout this entire offseason. I knew I was going to end up with him on my team, and I just think that he's going to have about the same level of production as DJ Moore for a lot cheaper of a cost. And hopefully I can find a way to get him into my starting lineup because my receivers do make it kind of hard. It'll be Hopefully, he balls out so I can just start five receivers every week and not think about it. But, but yeah, Curtis Samuel's probably my favorite pick. He is a bit of a personal homeboy. And, uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty solid. Um, going off of that, is there a favorite, besides wide receiver, because clearly it's stacked, is there a favorite position on your roster, you'd say? A favorite position? Um, I'd probably say my defensive backs. Uh, while they're not like deep to the point of what's like Jabir has like nine. Uh, I feel like I'm just very solid with the starters that I have in Keanu Neal, Landon Collins. Uh, they're my top safety, and I think Collins was like my number four safety. And Malcolm Jenkins is a super reliable starter. And so on the defensive side, I feel like I don't have to worry about that position at all because I know that those three, bring injury, are going to be really good for me every week. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, and I know you just referenced Jabir's team. So going off of the idea of other people's teams, is there someone else's roster besides your own that you would probably say is your favorite, whether that be one who's best uh, for contention in the future or someone who's built to win right now? Like what? roster calls to you besides your own so yeah if i had to pick a team whose team i like the most coming out of this uh, and i swear it's unbiased but i am actually going to pick your team joey uh now don't get me wrong i don't think you're in a spot to be a strong contender this season uh and that's mainly due to the cream hunt pick uh but that cream hunt pick is a big reason why i like your team because you've set yourself up in a big way for 2020, because if you look, you've got Kyler Murray, who very well could end up being a top five quarterback this time next year. 
You've got Saquon and Kareem Hunt, who could both easily be top five RBs as long as Kareem Hunt lands in the right spot. You've got a plethora of young receivers who give them time to develop this year, and I think 2020 could be a great year for Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis, maybe Paris Campbell if he speeds up his development, Evan Ingram, and you have some quality young pieces on defense, you know, like Devin Bush and Miles Garrett and Derwin James. And I feel like just give it, you know, a season for you to kind of retool the rest of your defense. And I feel like 2020 could be a, a very good year for the clams. Well, I appreciate it. I was not expecting that response to be quite honest, but, uh, I appreciate it. Don't clam up. (sighs) (laughs) All right. So Joey, what was, uh, Favorite pick or two from Aaron's roster for you? Well, I'm going to go back to the uh, defensive back position and look at Landon Collins. Um, that was a guy I was targeting, and I was very upset when Aaron took him. Um, I was not expecting many people to really lock in on him. So when he did, gave Aaron some praise for that one. Then on the offensive side of the ball, I'll probably have to go with uh, – Miles Sanders in the rookie draft. I felt like out of the running backs available, he was able to grab the guy with the highest, uh, the most potential long-term. Clearly Jacobs is going to be the best right now. And it was, it's really close between Sanders and Montgomery. I think Montgomery is more of a question mark. I, assuming he takes on Howard's carries, and as well as involved in the passing game just a little bit, because I don't think in today's NFL having two or three running backs that have a clear, clearly defined niche um, really helps. Defensive Defenses now really feast off of that when you know a running back is solely in for receiving purposes, solely in for blocking, or solely in for running. And so I feel like Sanders is the most versatile so I think he is the most clearly, um, he has the most chances to be successful. Whereas Montgomery has a bit more work, but is a bit more talented in my opinion. So I was, I think Aaron made the right choice with Sanders at number two. So Sanders and Collins are probably my favorite picks of Aaron's. Yeah, for me personally, um, I obviously really liked your Curtis Samuel pick. It's good value there. I feel like he's going to explode. Um, I really like Mark Andrews in the 12th round. He was somebody that I was looking at, but I already had two tight ends by that point. So I veered away from that. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was also a good pick as well. But um, just some really solid picks across the board, like even uh, Billy Cooker in round 30. as a pretty good pick because he could end up being really good and developing to be a really solid player long term. So I think he did a pretty solid job. Well, I appreciate that. You know, that's what we uh, that's what we aimed for. Just a solid job overall. Good, but not great, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Well, I hope you enjoyed getting interviewed here, different side of the table there. Yeah, glad to uh, give a little insight to what I was uh, what I was doing this draft. So, thanks for uh, turning the tables on me. Yes, sir. Good luck this season. Thank you. Same to you guys. Although. Less so to you, Cole, since we're uh, in division. Yes, sir. So, Aaron, how do you think you're going to end up end of the year standing-wise? Where do you think you're going to be? So, I think my team has the potential to make a deep playoff run as soon as 2019. Uh, However, I will say that I have a better chance of doing so in 2020, and so that likely means that my team probably falls into the... uh, the fringe playoff or wild card team for this season. Uh, so I'm expecting to get around six to eight wins at most, probably. You've got, I think, probably the best receiving core in the league just based off the amount of names that could pop off. It's You have the best current receiving core. If we're looking for straight potential, it's probably Nick's team that has the most guys that could go crazy, but your team is the like, bona fide. This is the best receiving core just based off of who's your wide receiver for is it Chris Godwin or Cooper cup here. If I'm looking yeah, at it, Chris Godwin and Cooper cup, mm-hmm. but that's a, a heck of a wide receiving core. If I've ever seen one. And then the, uh, the running backs, you've got a bunch of guys that have 
ceiling, 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 ceiling. That's what you're looking for. To pair that with the uh, wideouts just punting on running back early, this is pretty much the best group that you could possibly hope for. Exactly. I think it just wanted to plan. So I do think there's a chance that, you know, if several, if three of those running backs hit this year, that I'm looking at a solid playoff run. But if we're erring on the side of caution, we'll go with the uh, fringe playoff team. Yeah, I'll probably uh, say you're going to probably finish with around six to seven wins probably on this season. And then as long as one of those running backs can hit for you, whether it be this year or next year, you're in pretty solid shape with those receivers. And if you ended up having to drop one or two of them in one way, just get some trade out of somebody, this is probably uh, a decent way for you to get some value for 2020 through those wide receivers. So I think you're in pretty solid shape to start off. All right, for our next interview, we got Jason, the Scar Spiders, Scaro and Dr. Hulan. Here we go. All right, and join with us now is Jason, a.k.a. Scaro Spiders. How you doing tonight? Good, you? Pretty good, pretty good. How was your London trip? Uh, it was amazing. Uh, the drafting was a little bit difficult because I didn't always have internet, but otherwise. <laughs> oh, so yeah, this man drafting at like 2 and 3 a.m. most of the time too, right? Yeah, it was a process. It's a fun little experience. All right, well, why don't you tell us a little bit of your uh, draft strategy coming in, and uh, how did you come up with the team you got? Um, the plan pretty much was get Todd Gurley, <laughs> and then after that, mostly I don't know, really just whoever I thought was going to be the best. Like obviously at the skill position, so because I went like. So I got Gurley, and then I went wide receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback. So it was nothing of the same. I didn't really plan it that way. It just was going to be whoever I thought would be. Uh, like, I didn't have any positions I was going for. Just whoever I thought would be best for the, the roster. Now, were you planning on going Gurley the whole time? And if you didn't trade back from one, were you going to take Gurley? Um, for a while, yes. And then maybe late, I decided that if I did stay at one, I would have gone with Barkley just because he's younger. But I... I'm not worried about Gurley's injury or anything, so uh, I think he'd be. Um, like, I was deciding between the two, but I probably would have taken Barkley at one. I mean, as long as he, uh, you know, doesn't have this lingering knee issue, uh, could end up being the steal of the drafts in the first round, getting the number one player at pick seven. That was the idea. Yeah, that's why I traded back, because, uh, well... Although the rules, I guess, have changed now. There was a condition that the trade would only go through for sure if I got Gurley at 7. You said you didn't have a, a set plan aside from getting you know the best uh, skill position players uh, that you could. But now that you've gone through the draft, do you, uh, do you feel like you got some good position skill guys? Do you feel like you did better or worse than you were kind of expecting for your team? Uh, I'm really happy. Well, I usually wait until like way late to get a quarterback. So I decided that I would, even though, um, even though it's a lot higher than I would normally take it, I took Watson fairly early. But I'm I'm happy with that to have a good quarterback for a long time, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and then I'm really happy with my wide receivers. Like I think that's a really deep uh, position on my team right now. Uh, running back, I like the two that I have. Gurley and Henry, but after that, it's pretty poor. So I definitely will need to work on that. Now can you give us a player that you got sniped on that you wanted really bad that you ended up not getting? Uh, yeah, the because I was looking for the draft earlier. Uh, Julio Jones was taken right before, like the pick before me in round two, when I got Diggs, and I really wanted him there. I was hoping he'd fall one more spot because I love Julio. And then in round 12, uh, Kiki Kuti, however you say his name, was picked. Literally the pick before me again. So I can't remember who I ended up taking there. I forgot. I didn't write it down, but uh, him as well. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, that was you, right? <laughs> yep, yep. That was a fun pick. I really wanted him there. So can you give me uh, a favorite pick from your roster outside of your first round, second round picks? I really, hmm, I guess there's a couple, like Alshon Jeffrey, I'm pretty happy with where I got him, because uh, he was, he still finished pretty, like, fairly high after missing the first few games last season, so I thought that was really good value, and then I think Jayon Brown is going to be really, really good. I'm probably biased, 
obviously. But uh, he had like an insane amount of tackles last season, and he's really young, so I think he'll just get better, especially once Wesley Woodyard is gone. Of course, you had to uh, you had to capitalize on him before uh, Jabir took him because we all inevitably know he would have ended up with Jayon Brown and his team. Oh, for sure. Titans. Oh man! So you so you got a chance to look at all the teams in the league. Is there is there one team in particular that uh, stands out to you in terms of it can be the team you think has the best chance to win this year, or it can just be a team that you really like the way they build their team? Uh, I was looking through all like all, all the rosters, and I think the best just from top to bottom, or the one I like the most from top to bottom, other than mine, would be uh, Toronto, the Tontons. I like that one a lot because they've got luck. So good at quarterback, and then the running backs with McCaffrey, Chubb, Yeldon, I think is okay, and then yeah, why? Oh, they have AJ. That's right, they have AJ Green, and T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver. So good combo there, and then a pretty solid defense. So yeah, I'd probably go with Toronto. Shout out to Tony there, <laughs> the first one to pick Tony. So good job with that one. All right, Aaron. So what's uh, your favorite pick or favorite few picks that he made on his roster? Well, for, for Jason's team, it's pretty easy. Uh, he does have my favorite receiver in the league, which is uh, Stefan Diggs. Um, I was really, really hoping that he ended up falling to me with the second pick in the third round because I kept trying to trade up for Keenan Allen or Stefan Diggs. And I kept getting shut down, but they kept falling down the board. And so I thought that it, there was a chance I could get Stefan Diggs because I thought Keenan Allen would go ahead of him. But unfortunately... Uh, Jason did slight me pretty hard on Stefan Diggs. So yeah, that, that's definitely my favorite pick from the roster. I really liked your John Johnson pick in round 11. It was 11.01. That was a really good pick. I thought he would fall a little bit just due to the lack of rank, uh, name recognition there. Uh, I liked your John Ross pick in round 24 as well, 24.12. I was looking at him around that uh, area because I figured that he might be able to end up doing something at some point in his career, whether it be this <laughs> year or a little bit later. But yeah, I did like that pick as well. And then your Zach Brown pick around uh, 3301. That was pretty good as well. He could probably rack up a decent amount of tackles behind that monstrous defensive line there in Philly. So yeah, yeah. Pretty good job getting some of those picks late. I liked a few of them. So good work. Thank you. All right. Got anything else you want to address here real quick or pretty much? Um, well, I almost said that Javier's team was my favorite just because, you know, it can be dangerous to sleep on them. But it's just, I kept looking at it and I was just like, man, it's, it's just not there. I just can't, I can't go and lie that bad. So I might have to leave. Do you want me to cut that or leave that in the pod? <laughs> That's up to you. You can totally leave it in. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Jason, and we will see you out there on the virtual field. Sounds good. Good luck. Good luck to you as well. All right. So Jason's team here, he obviously got his guy with Todd Gurley, and he's got a decent amount of young guys here on this roster. A lot of young guys actually at running back. And then the receiving core with uh, Stefan Diggs and uh, see Robert Woods. John Ross and a bunch of young guys there. He's got some potential at receiver here. So what do you think uh, this team's going to do in the uh, in the year record-wise? I think this team has a, a pretty high best-case, worst-case scenario with his team. Uh, if everything hits, I think this is probably one of the best teams in the league if Todd Gurley has no snag with his injury, if Derrick Henry actually gets the workload we've been hearing about for three seasons, if... Stephon Diggs and Alshon Jeffrey stay healthy. Like he has a really good team in theory, uh, but I could also see all of those things that I just mentioned uh, not happening, and I could see this team without worse like four wins. Uh, I don't think it'll be that bad. I think I'd probably give him like a six to probably similar to mine six to eight win ratio. Uh, just hedging my uh, my bets just because his uh, mainly his running back core uh, is a little. A little thin for my taste, especially if Gurley does indeed uh, go down with injury early on. Yeah, Geronimo Allison, when I'm looking at this here, he could be uh, the key to this working out for his lineup. Uh, with the uh, If you throw him in the flex, if he actually works out, could end up being a really solid play, could propel him forward. 
But um, Zach Ertz, as long as he shows up like he did last year, paired with the other defensive players that he's got here, he's got uh, DeForest Buckner, Calais Campbell, and a few other good players on defense here. Paired with Gurley, might be able to get him a few wins. So I'd probably stick him with around six to seven as well. You never know, just the floor to the ceiling. This is a high-variance team by the looks of it. Yeah, and it's not even a disrespect to this team as a you know in a vacuum because uh, I think on its own it's a pretty solid team. It's just I think that the West Division ended up having the best set of teams, you know, the best quartet, and uh, I just think Jason's team could be one that might struggle in the division. But if he was in another division, I could easily see him competing for and even possibly being the favorite for either of the other two divisions, possibly. Yeah, your podcast hosts, unbiasedly, in the same division, believe that we have the best division. So, All right, next, we'll head to Trent. Talk about his team a little bit here. All right, and next we have Trent, also known as the Honolulu High Tide. How you doing, boss? Good, how are you? Good, good. Just a lazy Sunday, you know? So we're just going to ask you a couple questions about your roster here. So first would be, what was your strategy heading into the draft? Um, well, I didn't have too much of a strategy just because it's my first year. I think like many others, doing a dynasty draft. But um, I think for me, the biggest thing was even though it is a dynasty draft, I didn't want to look too much into age when it came down to picking players. So, I mean... I have some older guys on my team that I still think, even though late 20s, early 30s, can give me good value for the next couple of years. Um, that was probably my biggest focus point. And then I just wanted to have like a few like handcuff running backs. So, I mean, I got Chase Edmonds and David Johnson. I have uh, multiple Baltimore uh, Raven running backs. I didn't get Justice Hill in the rookie draft. But um, pretty much just like... Just tried to keep it simple and didn't look too much into like the whole dynasty aspect of it yet because it is a veteran draft and it was a startup draft. So that was probably my like biggest keys going into the draft. Yeah, it's definitely something that's uh, pretty easy to do is just uh, see you know all the players with you know the age 22, 23, and then just ignore the fact that they're not guaranteed production. Whereas you got some some older guys that are definitely going to be studs for the next couple of years. Definitely not uh, the worst thing to do in the world. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just wanted to make sure I was, if injuries did happen, I was safe, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense. So so do you think uh, with that, you know, little game plan of trying to build for the present, do you feel like it turned out as good as you thought it would? Did it turn out better or did it turn out a little worse than you were expecting? No, I mean, it's obviously just me being me, but I'm confident. I like my team. I think I... uh Drafted pretty well. IDP was fun, but uh, I would say it went better than expected. I think everyone in the league, I know there were some people out there who were anxious to make their picks and get the thing rolling, but in the grand scheme of things, we got. I think we did really good with the draft. There was a couple of days, which was probably expected, and then, I mean, the rookie draft flew, it seemed like. So I think it was just it was just fun. That was the biggest thing. Yeah, I agree. It was really fun. And we made pretty good time. It was like 19 days overall, I believe, so not a bad at all. Exactly. I was I was impressed. So which guy did you get sniped on that you really wanted? Dude, honestly, I didn't even really get sniped until you in the rookie draft. And which it was, one? It was, oh, uh, how do you, is it, is it Pollard or Pollard? The backup running back for Dallas. Yeah, Tony Pollard. Yeah, I really like that pick. But that was the rookie draft, and I mean, I'm looking through, and that was a late round pick, so I mean, it's not the end of the world. Um, I really honestly can't think of a time that I did get sniped in the draft, boys. That's good, though. Maybe, I think I might have, I, I forget, but I think maybe Trey Burton, I have him. I think I may have wanted Eric Ebron, and he went right before. Other than that, I can't really think of anything where I was like, damn, I wanted him. So what was your favorite pick that you made? Um, I mean, probably, probably Carson Wentz, honestly. I mean, it, it feels me to say that because he's a Philadelphia Eagle. And if you, you, you know me, Aaron knows me, um, 
me and the Philly sports fan bases don't get along so well. <laughs> but uh, nope. yeah, I mean, I think the easy answer is probably just Carson Wentz. I mean, you got I got my quarterback for the next hopefully ten years, even ten years plus, maybe who knows? But I think there's so much talent around him that moved out of like finally being healthy. I think he'll be all right. Definitely knew there were a lot of people that were uh, were hype on Carson Wentz, but you were the one to uh, pull the trigger and get him on your team. Yeah, that was the first snipe that I got in this entire draft, dude. I really wanted ones. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought fifth round was great value, especially after not having a fourth round pick. I, I was scared, but it, it worked out where I got to make two picks in the third round, and then got to make a pick in the fifth round, and it happened to be Wentz. So that was that was cool. So, so you've looked at all the teams, and I mean, you said they're all terrible. But if you had to, if you had to pick one that wasn't yourself, who's you like the most? It can be, you know, the, the team you think has the best chance to win this year. Just, uh, just a team you really like. The team I liked the most in the draft was Ryan's team, and I really liked Patrick Mahomes' pick. I know a lot of people were giving him maybe some stuff about it, including me. But at the end of the day kind of the same situation with Wentz. Like, you need a young guy who you know is going to produce. I mean, there is the chance it flops, but it's not the way the league's going and his skill set. It's not looking that way. I mean, everyone wants to be him now. So uh, I think that's a really good pick. I love the Le'Veon Bell pick. I think Bell in New York is going to be a stud. Um, Jordan Howard in Philly, I think, was a good value pick. His wide receivers are kind of... I would maybe say the the weaker point of his team, but I think he got really good with the tight end Hawkinson, the rookie. He got his guy. He has Kelsey. Those are going to be two big, big playmakers in an offense. Um, defensive side of the ball, I mean, he had Cody Barton, linebacker. That was a good rookie pick, I think. Um, ha ha, Clinton Dix, I liked. I'm looking through his roster right now. Desmond King, I liked. He got a lot of good DBs. I think he has a solid team all around. Okay, so Aaron, which uh, player from his team did you like the most, or players, one or two? In terms of where he got him, I think Trent got a really, really good value with uh, Rashad Jones. What was that, like the 17th round? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, he was a guy that, I mean, if he comes back, you know, with the Dolphins this year, he's probably a top five safety, and he got him for a really, really cheap discount. Uh, pair that, you know, with the rest of his defenders. He's got Buda Baker, Mosley, Levante David, uh, Justin Houston. Like, he's got a pretty uh, pretty nasty uh, starting lineup on defense. So I'm going to go with uh, Rashad Jones for my favorite pick. Yeah, I really, uh, really like the Buda Baker pick as well. I was targeting him. And then also Rashad Jones, too, conveniently. So both of those guys I really liked. And then, of course, Carson Wentz. He's going to be phenomenal going forward so i really like that pick and then let me check and see if there's anything else here yada 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 oh your ezekiel onset pick in round 31 is pretty solid as well i like that one and then albert wilson could be decent as well like you got a lot of good value picks out of your uh out of your roster here so you did some good value shopping appreciate it appreciate it yeah you sniped me in round 39 i was going to take uh saint brown with that next pick but uh, no, wasn't meant to be. I think when I counted, I think I have ten running backs and eight wide receivers, or vice versa. I have like ten and eight when it comes to wide receivers and running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've got I've got ten running backs and uh, eleven receivers. It's uh pretty meaty. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Trent. It's good to talk to you here, and we will see you out there. Yeah, excited for the season, boys. Everyone be safe. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll be in touch sooner than later. Yes, sir. All right, so Trent, he's got one of the better win-now rosters here in the league. Got a really strong running back core paired with Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen. He's got a really nice roster when it comes to a win-now scenario. Could be looking at a little bit of a rebuild here in two to three years, possibly. We'll have to see how it goes. But where do you think he finishes in division and overall? So, so Trent's team is really interesting. Uh, I think just on the starting lineup alone, he probably has one of the top starting lineups as long as he doesn't suffer any injuries. Because you're looking at 
Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry. And then if DK Metcalf and Isabella hit, they'll be great assets for him. And then he's probably got right behind Dylan for the second best uh, running back core with Fournette, David Johnson, Ingram, and James White. Um, I think if there's anything that's going to hold this team back, it's probably the tight end position uh, with Trey Burden. I, I mean, I do think he'll be better this year, but if he isn't, then he's kind of SOL at the uh, tight end position. But I think overall, I'd probably peg this team as one of, if not the favorites in the West. Uh, definitely in the hunt for a playoff spot, coming in around seven to eight wins, most likely. Yeah, his pair of Fournette with David Johnson, Mark Ingram, pair that with Devontae Adams and uh, Thielen, like I mentioned previously, and you just mentioned here to go along with the uh, Buda Baker on the safety position, and then a few talented linebackers here. He's got one of the better linebacker core in the league, actually. He is probably primed to, I would say, probably get eight to nine wins, so I would peg him also as a potential favorite in the division, if not for the whole thing. He's got a really solid roster for year one, not to mention I love Carson Wentz, so we'll see how Trent finishes out the year. He looks pretty strong, though. Which is pretty good, because that's exactly you know what he planned on doing in his interview. He said he wasn't going to focus too heavy on the uh the dynasty aspect he wanted to win this season and i feel like he's uh set himself up pretty well to do so all right and for our last interview here in the west we're going to go talk to cole listen to uh his thoughts on his team all right and uh last up here in the west uh we have once again turned the tables uh still joining me is joey the clams and we are now interviewing the king of the podcast himself the phoenix wildfire How's it going, Cole? Well, like you said yourself, it's uh, a little bit different getting interviewed here. I don't have to think as much, so that's nice. Not having to think is always a uh, a big benefit. But so, Cole, we're gonna jump right into this. And I wanted to ask. I know you did a lot of preparation beforehand. If probably equal, if not more, to Aaron's. I know you were very boastful about the binder you created. And uh, <laughs> so let us get in on some of those secrets. So what was the strategy you had going into this? Well, I just wanted to try to get as balanced of a roster as possible going through my first uh, 15 rounds. I wanted to end up with three wideouts in my first seven rounds, and I was just going to try and trade back. But obviously there were a few teams that were able to trade back way more successfully than myself. I definitely wanted to get one of the big top five tight ends, which would be like Kelsey Yurtz, Kittle, Howard, or I have Henry as my number five tight end. So I wanted to get one of those guys, went with Howard. And if I didn't get one of them, I was going to try going tight end around rounds like 12 to 15-ish. So that was another big thing I wanted. And then I was also planning on going with two pass rushers in my top 10 picks. Of course, that uh, didn't happen. I only ended up getting one. But uh, that was something I had written down that I wanted to do because pass rushers is a little bit harder to get than like linebackers or DBs, for example. So just uh, some basic stuff like that. I was trying to trade back mostly, but I really, 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 really wanted Tyree Kill. He was like my most coveted player coming in. So the day that I traded up to get Tyree Kill, I was sweating bullets while I was out at lunch trying to figure out what the heck to do to move up to get him. So when I got him, I was literally like fist pumping and like I wanted to yell really loud like in excitement. So just glad I got Tyree Kill. Solid. And uh, now that we shed a little bit of light on the startup draft, did you have a strategy going into the rookie draft? Well, I uh, at 106, I really, really wanted Daryl Henderson. I saw that Montgomery had fell to number five, and I tried trading Dylan to move up and grab him because I was really high on Montgomery. He was like my 102 behind Kill Harry. So when I could have possibly gotten Montgomery, I freaked out and tried to trade up. And uh, Dylan went with his guys, so I respect that. So I just went with uh, Henderson because if Gurley goes down, that's that's got me feeling pretty good. So I liked Henderson. Um, and aside from that, Hollywood Brown, I'm a big fan. I think as long as Jackson can throw the ball like figure out how to be a little bit more accurate, then I'll be pretty solid with him. And then after that, I thought about going Jay Sternberger in round three of the rookie draft, but I decided to go with Haskins because I just feel like he's going to be a really good player. So... Pretty much just get one of each position after that and uh, just stock up on backups. Like Tony Pollard, my last pick, I didn't really 
target him at all. But I figured I need another backup, and if Zeke goes down, I might have a starter there. So that was that. Solid. So now that you've talked about what your game plan was heading into each of those drafts respectively, uh, did you feel like you did exactly as you expected? Did you do better? Did you do worse? Or where where do you feel you know, now that we're done with these drafts with your team? Well, we, being us three, we did a lot of uh, projection mocks, and my teams weren't nearly as good as I ended up with. And I did a decent amount of sleeper mocks to try and see if I could project what I would end up with. And of course, you can't really figure out what people are going to do when you go into the draft. And this just ended up way, 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 way better than I thought it would. The only times I felt like I could have done a little bit better was between like rounds like 11 to 20-ish. I wasn't as happy, but like my first few picks went exponentially better than I could have ever possibly imagined. Like I had, I swore that Trent would take Joe Mixon and to see him there at 201, I was willing to risk it all to move up and get him. And uh, somehow it worked out with Nick. Shout out to Nick for trading with me there. So I was glad I got Mixon. And then uh, at 309, getting Brandon Cooks there was also another freakout moment. I thought he would be gone in the early third round. So that was really, really exciting that I was able to trade up with Aaron and get that. So shout out to Aaron as well. So, all right. Now we've talked about some of the guys that you are really happy that you got in the draft. Were there any guys that you're pretty disappointed on that were picked before you got sniped on, whether that be in the startup or the rookie? Uh, well, there were three players that I wanted in the area they got taken uh, that I was pretty upset about. Uh, first being Carson Wentz. I really, really wanted Carson Wentz. He was like my number four quarterback up in that range. So I was pretty disappointed I couldn't grab him. Um, next being in the eighth round, I got sniped twice. Let me revoke my shout out to Aaron because I've never been more sad about a guy getting sniped from me than I was with Curtis Samuel. It's like Aaron uh, had said previously, he was he knew that Curtis Samuel was going to end up on his roster, and I felt the same exact way. And I was debating on going with him earlier, like instead of taking because I went with the rookie pick in the seventh round. I had thought about taking Curtis Samuel there, but um, losing him there was pretty upsetting. I. I put my hands on my head and just kind of stare at the wall for a second. Yeah, and then after that one, I was also targeting Tevin Coleman after Samuel went, but he went one pick before me to Dylan, so those were both fantastic picks that I was looking at. Same with the once pick as well. All three of those guys I wanted pretty pretty bad, but you can't always get what you want. That's all right. Well, speaking of things that you want, I, I'm going to make this a little biased. Besides Tyreek Hill... What would you say is your favorite pick on your roster? Probably. Well, I really wanted Aaron Jones. He wasn't even technically a pick because I traded with Nick, but I wanted to grab Aaron Jones pretty bad. Um, probably Dallas Goddard because I he's got a sky high ceiling, and everyone projects him to be the guy when Ertz ends up leaving, whether it be at the end of his contract or if he gets traded or injured or something. But um, Dallas Goddard is definitely up there for me. I feel like he's going to be a superstar in the making. Um, Aaron Donald, I was pretty happy with to get the best player in football, period. Pretty nice. And wide out, if I can't say Tyreek Hill. I was pretty happy to get Deshaun Hamilton. I feel like he's going to be pretty solid with Joe Flacco because Emmanuel Sanders probably isn't going to be around much longer if he's even around this year. So those few guys I'm, I'm pretty happy with, especially Tyreek Hill. Yeah, uh, you are welcome for Tyree Kill. Uh, there were some other offers of people interested in Hill, but uh, ultimately just uh, you got to me first. Collusion. Thanks, bud. I'll bring that shout out back again. And no. <laughs> so we have talked, us three, extensively, you know, off off the mic, you know, in PlayStation chats and whatnot as to our opinions on these teams. If you can't pick yourself, there's one team that you really, really like, whether it's for their chances to win this season or set themselves up in a good spot for the future. Well, if I'm talking uh, in general here, I really like Dylan's team. He's got a really solid roster, uh, especially running back. I think his running backs are pretty stacked like all around. Like Wendell Smallwood and 
Deion Lewis are kind of meh. Deion Lewis could even still be productive, but all the rest of his guys are studs, in my opinion. And then the wideouts are pretty solid, too. I, I was also targeting our Sega Whiteside, and he went one pick before me, and I was able to scoop Brown in that spot. But uh, Amari Cooper, I think, is going to be really good. Julian Edelman will be good for another year or two. And then DJ Moore was also somebody I was targeting, so I think he's got really solid running back and wideout. And uh, his tight end's lacking a little bit, but everything on his team is pretty pretty good. He also sniped me on JJ Watt. I wanted to pair Watt with uh, Donald for two or three years of really good uh, production from my defensive end position. But yeah, his his team's just really strong all around, especially the safeties too, with Jamal Adams, Tyron Matthew, and uh, whoever his third option might be there. But he's he's got a really solid all around team. And then for future, there's a few teams that I really like. Uh, I think you set yourself up pretty well, Aaron, with your wideouts. They're phenomenal. And if one of your running backs hits, you'll be in a really good spot. And then uh, I also like your team too, Joey, for the future, because I think like your running backs are going to be pretty good as long as Cream Hunt can find himself a starting gig somewhere else. And uh, you're, you're just in good shape as well, Juju and Saquon with your first two. So I like both your rosters as well. So that would be my top three. Now here he is pandering to the host. Just let it be on the record. There's nothing. I was told by one uh, professor in college, there's nothing like brown nosing in college. It's all networking. So Cole right here is doing a little bit of networking for future trade discussion. I like it. Yeah, I've only known Joey for about like 10 years now, so I'm just trying to get to know him a little bit better here. Nothing wrong with that. So, Joe, you bring up uh, networking with Cole for uh, future trades. Uh, in order to do so, uh, it means you have to have some interest in some of his players. So uh, what are one or two of your favorite picks from his roster? Well, he uh, made reference to some of them earlier. I was a big fan of the Dwayne Haskins pick. Um, I think if there's a position on Cole's roster that is a little iffy, definitely quarterback, um, whether that be with Lamar Jackson's um, development, Andy Dalton's longevity, uh, potential longevity in Cincinnati, or Cam Newton's health. So I thought grabbing Dwayne Haskins was a very solid move, and I was a big fan of that. Um, I'm a huge OBJ homer. I think that's unsaid. Um, so, of course, I loved that pick. Um, let's see. Kenyon Drake I'm also a big fan of, so that was a really good pick in my opinion. And then defensive-wise, this is a guy I haven't mentioned before. But I was very upset when Cole sniped uh, Jalen Smith away from me. I was very high on him and was hoping I could grab him. So I'm those four would definitely be my favorite on his roster. And Dallas Goddard uh, definitely rounding out the top five. Well, Aaron, what about you? You got to give some insight on some potential trades we'll see in the future that you two are involved in. Well, I think my favorite pick that Cole made was enough a pick that I myself could have made but I ended up trading with Cole uh in the the startup in the the ninth pick in the third round I I traded back with Cole and uh allowed him to draft Brandon Cooks to his team who who I think at that spot was a ridiculous value I mean Brandon Cooks is the epitome of consistency for wide receivers he puts up a thousand plus yards and six touchdowns practically every season uh, he's a, always a high-end wide receiver, two, low-end number one. And Cole didn't really have to give up all that much to get him. So I really think that was a good pick by Cole. Uh, I'm really a fan of that. And then on the defensive end, I think a pretty unheralded pick that Cole made was uh, Demario Davis in, I believe, it was the 22nd? Yeah, 22nd round. Uh, not exactly the flashiest name by any stretch of the imagination, but he was very good last year for the Saints, and I just think as a plug-and-play linebacker, that's all you really need. You don't need the big names, the flashy names. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a Luke Keekley or a Bobby Wagner, but if you can get a plethora of tackles from the DeMario Davises and the Matt Malahos of the world, you're sitting just as fine. So those would be my two picks for Cole's team. All right, Cole, is there anything else you'd like to input while you have the opportunity? If anybody wants to try and trade at the end of the year, I'll be all for it. I'm going to open season my roster probably at the end of the year to try and get some 2020 picks. So if you see somebody you like at any point, just let me know. That's not right. quite what we had in mind, but I guess that will work. 
Yep, had to get quick get that a shameless plug in. So with that, uh, thank you guys for having me as a guest host here. I had a great time. I hope I uh, delivered on asking these questions. Um, delivered very well in the goods. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, that wraps up this part of Cole's interview, and I will see you guys sometime in the future. Yep, thanks for interviewing me, boys. See you out there. Have a good one, guys. Stay clammy. (laughs) All right, Cole. So I look at this team, and I see probably one of the the highest ceilings. Um, You've got a ridiculous core at receiver if it hits with Odell, Brandon Cooks, and Tyreek Hill, not to mention some solid young guys and QT, Deshaun Hamilton, maybe Traquan Smith. Now your running backs, if they hit, you could be looking at one of the best teams in the league. Uh, what are your thoughts on your team that you've uh, come up with? I'm very happy with it, as I said in my interview. Um, I just am still shocked that I was able to get Joe Mixon where I could at 201. And then uh, mixing Odell with Brandon Cooks and Tyree Kill, I couldn't have possibly guessed that I would end up with that uh, triplet of receivers there. Tyree Kill was my guy that I wanted, and I still am shocked that I was able to get him. Ended up uh, working really well for me, though. I'm I'm extremely happy with my team, and I, if I had to uh, guess, I mean, obviously we're a little biased towards our own teams here, but I think I'll probably end up doing really well for all in the standings. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've talked about it off the air, but the players that you like just don't happen to be the players that I like for Dynasty, uh, so I'm not as high on your team as yours, but I do think that if your players hit, which I think there's a good chance that they do because since I'm not a fan of them, that just automatically increases their chances of hitting. Uh, I think at your ceiling, you're probably looking at a nine to 10 win season, uh, but you could also be looking, you know, depending on the Tyreek Hill situation, you could be looking at like a six or seven win season. I think you're probably right there with Jason for the, the highest amount of variance in the division. But I think if it works out for you, you're looking at one of the favorites in the whole league, not just your division. If we factor in the Tyreek Hill possible suspension mixed with the uh, Aaron Jones potentially getting the workload this year, if both those guys are able to play full time, like if Hill gets, whether it be a four game, a two game, or even nothing, there's a potentially gets no suspension. If everything hits for me, I feel like I can probably get nine to ten wins out of my team, and I would be really, really happy with that year one. All right. So looking at this division as a whole, I, as I mentioned earlier, I do think this is the hardest division in the league. Uh, that's no disrespect to the the East or the Central. I just think that. All four teams in this division did a really, really good job drafting and have all made competitive teams for this season. Uh, So I definitely think it's going to be a challenge and a a big reward to whoever ends up winning this division, although they might not even get a first round bye because they had to sneak their way in with a 7-6 record because all four teams could be vying with the same record. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and give ourselves our, uh, our predictions for how this you know, division is going to shake out. Obviously, we haven't gone through and projected each game win by win, but just kind of a quick snapshot of how we think it's going to go four to one. So, Cole, who do you think is going to uh, come in fourth place? For fourth this season, I think it's going to be Jason, just depending on what happens with Gurley. And like you said a second ago, this is a super tight division, so this is kind of a toss-up for us uh, when it comes to seeding these teams because it could really go any way with anybody here but uh i'm believing that jason is probably gonna finish fourth and when i say fourth finish he could still go seven and six and finish fourth so it's a very high seated fourth yeah i too have the same opinion uh it's just kind of a hedge with Gurley. uh if everything hits i think he finishes higher but just i don't think there's a whole lot of margin of error in this division and i think that the potential for Gurley to miss significant time does give him the fourth spot, in my opinion. But it, it is a very competitive fourth, and in another division, it's probably a second or first place team. It's okay, Jason. We still love you. That's right. So who do you got in the uh, the third spot? For third place, I have you. 
two of those running backs could end up hitting this year. And if I had to guess, I think that Sanders and uh, Harris will end up hitting. I don't know about guys coming back this year all the way fully. And uh, I'm not so sure about Penny. I do think Sanders is going to end up being a really, really good player. And I think it's kind of like you said for yourself, your team is probably more set up for next season. And I think that you could just go absolutely crazy and ball out next year, but probably going to end up with a third place team this season. And regardless, again, that's probably still going to be a seven win team. Yeah, I'm not too offended by that because I also had myself in third. Uh, like I, like you said, I think I'm playing for 2020. I've got some great pieces at running back, great pieces at receiver, um, pretty solid defense all around. And I think I've put myself in a good spot to win for next season, which is great because there's a lot of teams, I think, that have a solid chance for this year. So it might be best for me to sit this year out and go for next year. Right, so who you got for your number two seed? For my number two seed, I have you, the uh, the wildfire, and this just goes again with the the risk mitigation. Um, I think you play a lot riskier game in fantasy football than I do. Uh, I had Tyree Kill as like an eighth round pick, maybe even ninth round. I don't remember, and you had him at that fourth round value. So just that alone scares me off from your team a little bit. Uh, and again, this is just the whole razor thin margin of error in this division. Just uh, the Hill concerns, the disdain I have for Ronald Jones, the risk with Daryl Henderson and Kenyon Drake. I, I think your team probably has the highest ceiling of anyone in this division, but I'm just going to play my card safe and just uh, give you the second spot, which which is probably a wild card team uh, in the playoffs. but. Not enough to win the division, in my opinion. Yeah, to seem less biased, I would also give myself the second seed here. Um, like you said, my team could absolutely pop off and just go ballistic, especially if there is a girly injury. Henderson should step right in there and be a weekly RB1, if not a top three play every single week. And uh, barring a Hill suspension, there is a possibility I finish first overall, not just in this division. But uh, I would say that probably a second place finish with around eight to nine wins is a little bit more likely for me this season, depending on the suspension. Well, this ended up being uh, awfully uneventful as we had the exact same order, but that means uh, number one does go to Trent, the high tide for both of us. Uh, And obviously this is barring injuries. I'm not about to predict any such uh, injuries because if Trent does suffer an injury to Devontae Adams or Thielen he is probably looking at a a big drop off at the position but his starting lineup I mean his weakest spot is tight end but you can get by with the running backs and receivers that he has at that position and his defense is all around really good and so I just feel like he's a pretty safe uh, a safe bet to make the playoffs and in this scenario win the division overall yeah, Trent's probably, honestly, uh, speaking of a uh, specific uh, position group here, he's probably got my favorite linebacker group in the entire league when I'm actually looking at it here. Devin White paired up with Mosley, Von Miller, Levante, David, and Jamie Collins back with the Patriots if he gets back into his form when he was last in New England. This could easily be the best linebacking crew in the league. And then Fournette, I'm obviously a big fan of. Mixed with David Johnson and Mark Ingram here, you've got a really, really high-ceiling running back duo, especially with Cliff Kingsbury out there in Arizona. We could be looking at another uh, resurgent RB1 season for David Johnson. So this team just looks like they're set up to win and win now. Big things expected for Trent, and we'll see how you do. That's right. Again, expect this to be a very competitive division. Uh, You know, we say that Trent is the the tentative favorite heading in, but for all we know, he could end up with five wins. Uh, It's just just very hard to predict this division. I feel like they're all just very close in talent. And like we said, this is more of a just tentative, like just us taking a step out and taking a look inward at the division and seeing what we think is going to happen without really giving too much thought and analysis into all the positions and all the breakdown of the schedule and really giving it a deep look so that is going to come after these divisional episodes get posted we'll give you a super deep look at each roster mm-hmm. so it's been uh it's been a fun little episode here this is the first three like we said and uh expect the next episode to come out probably next week and the 
next one the week after that. So we've got a three pack coming out here relatively quick and then expect the big one that we were talking about with all the analysis to come out either late July here or early August. All right, boys. Well, thanks for joining us for the first of three episodes here. And uh, it was a fun draft. We're glad everybody's joined in and invested. And it's cool to see all these rosters finally being assembled. Aaron and I have been dreaming about starting this league for a few years now. So it's really cool to see this finally come to fruition. Absolutely. And we will catch you guys in the next one. Later. Later.